Hey, Founder Fam, before we dive into another incredible conversation, I want to share something really special with you. Whether you're just joining us or you've been following us since the beginning, you've been a critical part of our community working to change entrepreneurial education. I started Founder almost a decade ago with the mission to provide entrepreneurs access to the world's greatest business leaders. Our goal was to break down barriers to entrepreneurial education, and that's taken us on a journey from Founder Magazine to this podcast and beyond, and today marks the next step in that journey, Founder Plus. I'm proud to introduce you to Founder Plus, which is an all-access pass to each of our online courses and programs and their proven frameworks for success. It puts every strategy we've compiled from world-class instructors at your fingertips while connecting you to a global network of like-minded entrepreneurs. Founder Plus will take your business to the next level for today and tomorrow. So whether you've just joined our family or you've watched us grow from humble beginnings, we're really thrilled to have you join us in this exciting new phase of making the Founder brand and this company the world's best entrepreneurial community to launch and grow your business. So finally, before we get into today's episode, I'm inviting you to come back check out Founder Plus and go to founder.com forward slash membership. I'm really excited, guys. This is an incredible new evolution of entrepreneurial education. And our mission is really to get as many of these founders that we interview to teach and also give back on the Founder Plus platform and really go more in depth with the knowledge and the experiences and the lessons learned that they're sharing all in Founder Plus. So guys, please go check it out if you're enjoying these interviews. That's it from me. I hope you enjoy this episode. Now let's jump in. What you need is thirst. You need to be a thirsty human who is intent on learning. It's a really fascinating fascinating exploration of human potential. Now. 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 The Founder Podcast. Even the greatest entrepreneurs had help. If you want to learn from the most successful founders on the planet, you are in the right place. Branson, Mark Cuban, Tony Robbins, Tim Ferriss, Ariana Huffington, Seth Ghost, Steve Case, Gary Vee, Sophia Amoroso, Robert Corcoran, Damon John. Learn from the greatest minds in business today with interviews hosted by Nathan Chan. This is not your average entrepreneur podcast. The Founder Podcast. We've got uh, a true icon that uh, I've been following his work for a while now. I'm excited to have him part of this incredible virtual conference. So uh, Dominic, aka Mr. Grateful, uh, the first question that I ask everyone that comes on is, how did you get your job, aka how did you find yourself doing the work you're doing today? What is my job, I guess, is how I would start, how I would define that. Um, my job is to right now create content. I'm a content creator. I'm a tech entrepreneur. Um, but honestly, I don't feel like I have a job. Um, I feel like I am of service. Um, I serve people by inspiring them like through my creations. And how I came about doing that is by creating. Um, I kind of trust the downloads that come to me and I act on them. Um, but now how I make money, I guess, would be the, the job question um, is by multiplying the impact of the things that I'm creating. Um, and I think that what's valuable from that is the inspiration and kind of giving people knowledge that they think that they can't find elsewhere. And I started doing that by removing 
removing my ego and teaching people things that I knew they couldn't get elsewhere and giving people answers that I needed myself. And that all started from when I just turned on a camera on my phone and I posted my first video on Instagram. And uh, that was only four months ago. And right now I have 300,000 followers on Instagram and my life has completely changed and a lot of other people's lives have changed in the process. So how I came about doing that was starting to post content and removing my ego uh, from my creative process. Mm. So you used to run an agency before, but then you went um, basically all in on AI. And uh, how I found you was uh, actually, you'll find this interesting. I found you a few months ago before we connected um, in a YPO group chat where one of my buddies said, hey, have you heard of this guy who's trying to build a million dollar business just from using AI? And then I went down this rabbit hole and I found out that you grew like to, I think it was 150,000 plus followers in a month just using AI. And then, uh, yeah, I've been following and a fan of your content ever since. So I have to just like get straight to it, man. Like, can you tell us about kind of how you grew your social following just using AI in 30 days? Like, what did that look like? Yeah. So when I first started on Instagram, I, I made about four posts and I started at 3000 followers and I made about three posts. And I think something clicked for somebody who ran a page called ChatGPT Tricks. I immediately started talking about AI and I was giving people little tips about how to use artificial intelligence. Like for example, my first video was when Dolly 2 came out and what you could do is you could insert a picture and then you could kind of hover over an area where the picture was cropped off and you could generate the rest of the picture. And at the time, this is when image generation was first becoming mainstream and people were pretty surprised by that. Um, so, you know, that immediately kind of got me on the radar. And someone saw me uh, who ran a page with about 200,000 followers at the time. And they were like, hey, do you want to collaborate on a post? Now, somebody with 150K at that time when I'm at 3K was very, you know, impactful to me. So we collaborated and that got me another few thousand uh, followers in the next couple of weeks. But I knew that the rate of growth there wasn't as fast as I wanted to. I needed to make massive change in my life at the time. So um, I had seen three pieces of inspiration that I did not know were going to come together. So first, this, this one guy um, on Twitter said that he was going to create like a hustle GPT. It was going to try to make a bunch of money from like $100 and just let ChatGPT tell him what to do. And then there was, I, then I had a conversation with an agent from California and he was telling me how like the whole influencer economy works and everything. And then uh, third, there's this man who tried to learn a new skill every single day and then post about it. So one day when I was meditating, these three points kind of came together, just they snapped. And I thought, Agent GPT, I can use artificial intelligence to help me with my social media. I had been trying to grow on social media for years. I tried doing the whole like hype beast thing where I was buying a bunch of expensive clothes and taking pictures in it, trying to make that work. I was teaching, I was, uh, you know, doing like the carousels where I was having like, you know, informational slides where I would go back, uh, you know, you, you would swipe and then get a new piece of information each slide. Uh, that didn't work. 
Um, you know, and then I tried doing some very artistic things because I've always been good with design. That didn't work. So I had given up, you know, and I was like, all right, this is my last straw. Well, all, those three pieces of inspiration came together and I launched it. And I just said, I'm going to use artificial intelligence to help me get 100,000 followers in 30 days. We'll see if it works. If it doesn't, no harm, no foul. At least you saw I tried, right? Well, uh, I immediately got a million views on that first video. And every day after that, I was getting about, first I started to get about 1,000 followers a day, and then it was 2,000, then it was 3,000. And then come day like 10, I'm getting 10,000 followers per day. And it really hit for me that it was actually going to work when I made it halfway through. And what I was doing was I was giving ChatGPT all of the information about me already. So I was, I was telling it um, who I was, the type of creator I wanted to be. I was giving it context about who I am, which is a crucial step that some people miss uh, they kind of expect this linear relationship with artificial intelligence where you tell it to do something and it should do it right the first time. But it's artificial intelligence. It's not absolute intelligence. So you have to give it information. You have to give good data in, good data out, and kind of have this circular relationship with AI, almost like ping pong or tennis, back and forth. So I started to give it information about myself. And then every single day, I would give it the transcript of the reel that I made and then the metrics of how that reel performed, like my likes, my views, my comments, my shares, uh, saves, all of that. And it would start to pair these things up. So after about a week, I could start asking ChatGPT, hey, what has worked so far? And why did it work? And it started to connect some dots and find the patterns. And then at that point, once it had information about myself and what was working, I could then ask it, can you write a script about this topic? based on what has worked in the past. And this is like that snowball effect that started to happen where, um, where people were starting to connect with me and understand who I was. So my engagement was going up, but also it was streamlining the content creation process because the AI was starting to learn me and learn what works. So just over time, it snowballed. And by day, by day 22, we had reached 100,000 followers. Um, and right now I'm at 300, uh, a little over 300K. Yeah, crazy. And I know there's like a lot more kind of nuances into that, which I know you're going to go through in our AI Accelerator program that you're teaching part of. Yes. But um, like, is it just Chat GPT that you use, or is it is it uh, you know Bard? Like, like what is what is your preferred tool? Yeah, yeah. Well, I have a preferred tool based on what I'm actually trying to do. So I do use multiple. I use a suite of tools throughout my day but it all depends on what I'm trying to do. So if you're talking about large language models like ChatGPT, um, essentially I, I use three different types. I use ChatGPT, I use Bard, and I use Claude. Um, and I also use Pi. I'm not sure if anybody has heard of Pi, but I, I use Pi as well. And I can kind of tell you about that. So I use ChatGPT for my more uh, creative endeavors, uh, things that are going to require uh, strategy and reasoning, I use ChatGPT. It's superior in that way. Um, for example, it can it can solve riddles, whereas other platforms have a really hard time connecting those dots and making uh, making conclusions on their own given multiple problems in one prompt. So I use that for maybe scripting content ideas and things. 
then I'll use Claude uh, for longer documents. For let's say research papers, when I'm trying to research a new AI tool and I need to understand it better, sometimes these documents and these web pages are, you know, 20 pages long. Um, and also for contracts, a lot of contracts that I deal with are multi are many pages long. And I use Claude for this because Claude has a large token limit. And what a token is is you can essentially think as one token is like four characters of text. So. Uh, ChatGPT can process around 32,000 tokens at a time, where Claude can process 100,000. So I'm able to basically upload a book. You could you could upload the equivalent of like a Harry Potter book into Claude, and it can process all of that text. So for longer pieces of information, I use Claude. And then I use Google Bard for things that I need a direct connection to the internet with. Um, in the past, ChatGPT did not have... Um, web browsing. It has opened up to some beta users, but it isn't always there. So I've started to use Google Bard for things that uh, require an internet connection. Um, so uh, those are the three tools that I use. And it just depends on what type of thing that I'm actually trying to achieve in that moment. Mm, interesting. So you grew your social following you in 30 days, very, very fast, over 100,000. And Basically, you didn't stop there. Then you started this founder GPT initiative. Can you tell us about that? How that all came about, and like, yeah, what what was the how this project come about, and where where is it at currently? Absolutely. So I started founder GPT after I had achieved with agent GPT. I just I have this uh, <laughs> I have this obsession to make people's eyes go really wide and make them say, wow, and kind of break people's mental frames. And I just tried to think of what is the next thing that would make somebody have that moment for themselves, that realization like, oh, wow, I didn't know that was possible. And then make them realize it was. Um, I kind of make myself the guinea pig for situations like that so that I can break other people's mental frames and make them think, wow, maybe that's possible for me. And um, the next step for me that a lot of people have been asking after I had gotten this following is how, how do you like how do you actually monetize that though? So that was my next step. I just thought, okay, how do I monetize this? I don't know. I haven't been through it before. So Agent GPT, you know, AI helped me with my social media. Maybe AI can help me with monetizing as well. And it has. Um, since I started it, I've made a little over a hundred thousand dollars just from just from the help that founder GPT has given me uh, through that revenue stream of just like working with founder GPT and trying to come up with revenue stream ideas and using AI to help me. I've made a little over a hundred thousand um, dollars, you know, and I've done that with the help of chat GPT and a few other tools that I can get into. Uh, and the whole goal of this was to see if I can make a million dollars only using artificial intelligence as the co-founder of my business. Uh, so without, there was this quote that I heard from Peter Thiel and he said, we don't invest in ideas. We invest in teams. We don't invest in solo entrepreneurs. We invest in teams of entrepreneurs. I thought, okay, I've always had a personality though, where I want to make you know choices fast I want to do it on my terms and I, I want to just, I want to get moving with things. I want to, I want to move in whatever direction 
of the downloads that I'm given at the time. And that's really, really hard to do sometimes when you have a large team and you're breaking up equity and ownership and all that. So I just thought, well, AI doesn't really have any agenda of its own. It doesn't want equity. It just wants to help. So I thought, well, okay, well, maybe AI can help me, you know, run this business. And um, it has come up with revenue stream ideas. It has told me, it has helped me with my financial projections. It's helped me with my branding. It has helped me uh, come up with um, products. Uh, it has helped me with just the overall marketing strategy of actually how to execute all of it. And it's actually been working. So um, it's working slower than I anticipated. Um, it, but it was more my fault than Founder GPT's fault. Um, you know, we can get into that if you want. But uh, yeah, so that was the goal is just to make a million dollars with AI. And we're still on course to do that. Uh, we have 90% more to go. Mm, awesome. And and like, tell me about how it's been more your fault than ChatGPT. Well, um, I haven't said any of this in public yet. I haven't like said anything about it, but the thing that, the thing that got me my success was my, um, was my selfless, transparent content creation. And what happened when I started Founder GPT is every single day, my vision would get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And I started to realize, okay, it's not just, this isn't just about doing a brand deal. I can also do brand deals and build tools with these companies. Oh, well, it's not just about building tools with these companies. I can build my own internal tool and try to revolutionize education completely. So <laughs> the, whole, the whole idea was to, what Founder GPT told me was I can make m money five different ways. I could, I could um, have brand deals. I could... Uh, I could sell a course. I could um, make my own product. I could, uh, th there were like two other ones. And I, I just decided, okay, I'm going to bring all five together. And what I decided to do was build this platform where people could go on and uh, watch educational content while having an AI tutor modeled after the human teachers help them through the content to create personalized you know, education. And that's a huge endeavor. My first, my, my first concept was to make this million dollars in a hundred days. That's ambitious. And then I decided I'm going to do it by creating a revolutionary tool. Well, when I, when you become a founder of a company at that scale, um, you are spread very thin. You have to, you have to hire teams. You have to be a project manager. You have to do your marketing. You have a lot of things to do. And the problem with like a founder GPT is that you have to be actively doing it. It'll give you advice, but you have to be the human hands that are actually, you know, making the choices. So uh, what I did was, is I started building a company instead of making content. And, you know, it takes away from the thing that actually makes you, uh, that actually made me successful in the first place. We have an amazing tool that's being built. And I really do think that it's going to revolutionize the way that people learn online. And it's going to change people's relationships with artificial intelligence completely. However, um, it was more my fault because I decided to focus on that rather than the content itself. And I think that I actually maybe could be at a million dollars right now if me as a human wasn't being so toxically ambitious. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So... Uh, AI does not have that emotional capacity to, you know, tell me to just 
go hard and forget about sleep and work and, you know, or sleep and working out and family and all that. I do. And I, you know, I kind of inserted myself in that way. So, um, you know, it's, it, this is kind of where pie comes in. I was telling you about pie. Pie is very like, pie is a very, uh, it's a very, it's an emotional AI, I would say. It's very chill and like, you know, it's pretty like trendy and it can talk to you like a friend does. Um, so when I'm having those kind of quarrels internally where I'm like, I don't really, you know, I, I'm not sure which direction to go here. I can actually talk to Pi and Pi is less businesslike and much more like relaxed and just kind of relates with you and talks to you in that way. So um, that's another tool that I use kind of internally, but not on a business side. Hey guys, I hope you're enjoying this episode and learning a ton. As you know, in this series, we interview some of the greatest founders of our generation to find out how they did it. However, if you're thinking of starting your own business and you want to hear from some incredible stories from everyday people like you or I who are actually in the trenches, only been building their business for maybe one year or two years, like that are building right now and they're really in the early stages, but they're getting success, you should come and check out our new podcast from Zero to Founder hosted by our community manager, Molly Flynn. These are in the trenches stories from our very own successful students that have gone through some of our programs. People just like you who are deep within the process of building their very own successful business. These are the founders of tomorrow. You can find the From Zero to Founder podcast on all platforms. And remember, it's founder without the E. All right, now let's jump in the show. Well, thank you for being open and honest and sharing, man, because, yeah, it was a bold thing to do. And I'm curious, you said there was other tools that you use. What are the other tools that you could go into? Yeah, of course. So there's two tools. One is going to be very um, applicable to businesses, especially the e-commerce side. And the other one is going to be very personable and humanitarian. So the first one that I use is called Cassidy AI. And it was actually built by my friend, Justin Feinberg. He's only 24. He's built multiple tech companies before. He has an office in New York right now. He's an awesome guy. He makes educational AI content as well. And he has this tool called Cassidy AI. And what it does is it references all of the pieces about your, all the information about your business, like your products, your pricing, who your customer is. Um, it, it has all your, your, your legal documents, your internal policies, everything. You can insert everything into this. And what it does is it creates a team of different AIs. So you can have a sales, uh, uh, like a sales agent. You can have a, a marketing officer, a finance officer, uh, an assistant. And each one of them have kind of their own personality and will reference information from your internal documents to then provide you with the information or the or generate content as you need it based on what their role is. So instead of me going into just ChatGPT and having multiple threads in there where I got to kind of train each one, this tool allows you to have all of your internal policies in one place and then source from those. And it speeds up the process, like it multiplies it like crazy. So that's one of the tools that I would suggest. It's called Cassidy AI. Justin Feinberg is on Instagram and Twitter and TikTok and all that. You can definitely tap into him. He's great. Um, and that's a tool that I've been using. The other tool that I've been using that's been more personable and my surprise people is I have cloned my voice professionally and I have had, and I generate, 
I generate meditations and podcasts and content in my own voice so I can listen to it back. And what I do is, is I will go into ChatGPT and I will generate a full 20 minute podcast on a content on, on content that I'm interested in. So let's say I'm in it for that day. I'm interested in Tao philosophy. I'll generate a full like 20 minute, you know, script on that. And then I will plug it into 11 labs is what I'm using. I'll plug it into that. I got my voice cloned like 99% there professionally, like hand fine tuned by the team out in Poland. And uh, it's like 99%. You, my friends can't tell the difference. I send them like voice notes and stuff and they can't tell the difference. I personalize my emails a bit. Also, I'll just copy and paste the text from my email and throw it into and put like the voice note into my email. And it kind of personalizes the, that e email a little bit and creates a cool experience that people will like remember. Um, and yeah, I will throw, you know, my voice in there or the, you know, the text in there generate it in my voice and I'll listen to that. Sometimes when I'm driving around or working out, like, you know, certain, you know, when like certain songs or certain podcasts, they just aren't hitting my voice, listening to me back, that always hits. It's like, you're, you know, you think in your own voice. So, um, that's, that's a tool that I use that maybe, sur maybe surprise some people and they haven't really thought about that, but it's been very helpful and uh, pretty like novel for myself. Yeah, that's crazy. So you find that when you, you hear things in your own voice, you have better comprehension. 100%. 100%. Yeah, it, it, it absolutely multiplies the comprehension. Absolutely. Um, meditations, affirmations, knowledge, information, all that. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. There you go. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you think in your own voice, right? You, your thoughts are, your thoughts are in your voice. So, um, you know, it, if you're healthy. So, you know what I'm saying? Like it's, uh, it's definitely, it's definitely helpful. Absolutely. It, it's been a cheat code for me for sure. Yeah. There you go. Okay. Um, so let's talk about other tools. Like, you know, we'd be, we'd be foolish not to. Um, but, but like I said, you're teaching, uh, a component of our AI accelerator program, and you're going to go through all this stuff in depth. It's going to be next level. It's going to be Q and A, all sorts of stuff. It's going to be game changing, uh, which people can find out more soon. But I was going to say, what other tools should ecom founders be thinking about using? Any other game changes? Any other goal that you could share? Because like you're a wizard of this stuff, man. My my philosophy on this is that a lot of people are, you know, a mile wide and an inch deep. And they, they are trying to find a breadth of different tools instead of understanding and diving deep and having methods and systems on what's presently working. Um, you know, I, I do use a lot of different tools just like throughout my content process. So I can just name those out, but, um, I do want people to realize that, you know, the tools that I'm going to say, we're going to dive deep into each one of them, like you said, in in the, um, actual, summit in those workshops, I want to dive deep into each one of those so that people can get like a, a deeper understanding of the actual methods and systems that are being used for, for each of these tools. But if you want to know about more tools and kind of have a library of them, um, first one, obviously ChatGPT. Um, I'm creating separate threads in each one for each different type of topic that I want to talk to it about. Second, obviously, is Midjourney. I use Midjourney because it's the most, uh, Midjourney is an image generation uh, AI platform. And I'm using that to generate 
images for my landing pages, for pitch decks. Um, I have to pitch a lot to maybe investors or to clients. So I'm using that to generate images of products or of scenes of, of uh, storyboards so that people can understand what my vision is without me having to actually draw it all out, right? Um, third, what I'm using is Adobe. I use Adobe a lot. Now, uh, Adobe has done a great job of integrating AI features into their tools. And I really like Adobe because everybody is pretty familiar with it already. It's something that's typically in somebody's arsenal. And now they're just adding in AI tools. So for example, in Photoshop, they've added generative fill. And what this allows you to do is take pictures maybe of your e-commerce images, and you can completely change the background or add in different objects um, or you know change the position of objects there uh, using the AI. And it's literally one click. Um, they've introduced this feature called a contextual taskbar. And what it is is the AI predicts what your what your next move is going to be based on the tools and your past activity within the app. So there's this contextual taskbar, and in the bottom, it'll pop up. Once you have your layer selected, it'll pop up generative fill. And all you do is click that button once, type in whatever you want after you've had your area selected, and then hit submit. And it will either remove whatever you're asking it to remove or change the objects in there or add objects. And this is a game changer for people who want to have like stunning landing pages and get people to buy things based on the beauty of that web experience. So that's a game changer right there. Um, this is also, uh, Adobe has also introduced AI into Premiere Pro, into their video editing software as well. So you can go in there and basically change, um, you, can, you can remove and change uh, the video clips and words that are being said just through the text in the text bar at the top. So you can change the captions and then it'll remove, add, or like change the actual video within Premiere Pro. And now they have also introduced um, AI vectorization. Now you may not know what that means if you're not like a graphic designer or whatever. So what it means is, is that you know how like you have the founder logo, for example, and that R at the end, sometimes you change the color of that. Yeah, sometimes it's red or it's purple or whatever, depending on the context. Okay, so... Uh, what vectorization means is that you can turn shapes or letters like that into changeable, um, and it, it means that you can take them and put it into a digital format that allows you to change the size or the color infinitely. Now, typically, if you're downloading an image, let's say from Google, and people have tried, you know, if you're ever trying to download a logo or an image from Google, you download it at that one re resolution that that it's at, and you can't really change it. Well. What, a, what Adobe has just announced at their most recent um, summit is that you can now generate vectorized logos and text just using text prompts within Adobe Illustrator. So typically, the gap between like logo designers and just people who are trying to start a business is because people don't know how to like vectorize their logos. People don't know how to make a logo or make text and then vectorize it so that it can be put on t-shirts and business cards and websites and change colors of it. People don't know how to do that. Now, all you have to do is go into Adobe Illustrator, type in the prompt of whatever image that you want, and it automatically creates a vector for you so you can change the size, the colors of all of these different graphic shapes uh, that you're going to use across all of your platforms. So 
those three things have been game changers for me. Absolutely. Yeah. Crazy. So that's basically your day to day. Um, I'm curious when it comes to the future, I have to ask you about the future. Like where do you see all of this stuff going, especially for entrepreneurs, business owners in the next five years? My take is I personally believe it's going to be easier than ever to start a business. There's going to be so much competition that, yeah, like you you have to be able to really outcompete, really stand out because AI is going to make it so much easier to get started. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so let me speak on that for a moment because I am definitely in like a non-competition mindset and it has been working for me once I got out of it um, because I think that we're going to start reverting back to almost like a, I don't want this to sound weird, but like a, a tribal type of society. And we're already kind of going back to that where each person can have their own business and thrive. Everybody can basically have the same, uh, have their own business and thrive. And it's because there will be a group of people that specifically like how you do things and specifically like, even if it's the same product, they like you, they like how you do it, they like how you produce it. And AI is just breaking down the barriers for everybody to be able to create and produce products and services that are unique to them. You can now generate things that are unique to you. I think that there's this notion that artificial intelligence is going to make everything the same. And I, I have the opposite mindset. I think that AI is allowing people to make things that are personalized to them. That is one of the superpowers of AI. There's three like main superpowers of AI, automation, prediction, and personalization. And personalization is the main one that's going to allow people to make things the way that they like them and then produce it in a way that their audience resonates with as well. So I don't think that there's going to be necessarily increased competition. There's just going to be increased personalization so that you can find the type of people that really resonate with how you do things and how you create. Um, now, when it comes to the future of, of artificial intelligence, other than just that like economic structure, the software is here. The technology is here. The technology is insane. We've all seen it. It's, it's crazy. The barrier that we have to overcome that will be overcome in the next five years that's going to change everything is the hardware. It's allowing... AI to then be integrated, the software to be integrated into the tools that we use every day, into our phones, into our laptops. Um, so for example, uh, in, in, into our fashion. Um, so for example, uh, products like Meta's Ray-Ban glasses uh, that they just announced, uh, they have cameras that are inside of the Ray-Bans and the AI is multimodal, which means it can process text and images. So in these glasses, when you put them on, it will observe the objects that are in your surroundings, in your real physical world, and be able to give you information about them, identify them, and help you to interact with them in the real world. Um, Apple's Vision Pro is literally some of the best technology that we've ever seen as a human race. And it is integrating AI into its process, even though they aren't actually saying the word AI because they're not trying to go down that rabbit hole. Um, it. It, there is artificial intelligence that's allowing their digital interface to exist, you know, in our physical world. And if you've heard of, speaking of Apple, uh, two of their product designers 
started their own co company called Humane. And they have a uh, piece of hardware called an AI pin. This was just debuted on models um, during, I think, New York Fashion Week. And basically, it's this pin that it's like a it's like a rectangular box about this big, and you can put it onto your your shirt, and it has the same thing typically as the uh, as the Ray Bans. Uh, there's a camera in there. There's a microphone. There's a speaker, and you can it recognizes and understands the uh, the objects in your surroundings, information about yourself. It can clone your voice. And for instance, let's say that you're having a conversation with somebody while you're in another country and they don't speak your language. You can have a back and forth conversation with that person in your voice, but through the AI pen. So I think that what we're going to see in the future is more hardware that's enabling this artificial intelligence to actually exist um, in our day-to-day -day lives, instead of this being something that's kind of scary, that seems like only a niche amount of people know about, and it kind of freaks people out. It's just going to be invisible, meaning it works without you really knowing that it's there. And that's where the future is going to thrive. Yeah. It's so crazy, man. Um, so dude, I could talk to you about this kind of stuff all day. It is so fascinating. I'm walking away, just super inspired. I want to go use these, some of these tools. I want to run this interview back and then also, also start having a play. But then uh, at the same time, I know you're doing this incredible workshop where you're going to walk people through this stuff step by step. We have to work towards wrapping up. Um, final question, just more, two more questions, if I could. Um, people that are watching this, early stage startup founders in the e-commerce space, what's the number one piece of advice you would give to them to get started when it comes to implementing AI in their business? And then secondly, was there any question that you wanted me to ask that I didn't ask or any final words of wisdom? Okay. Um, yes, I, I have an answer for both. So first is, this is not going to, you guys are going to get a lot of AI from me over the next few, <laughs> forever. <laughs> so I want to end this on, um, a, on a high note. And it's that if you want to get started in anything, building your business, uh, if you want to get started to get healthier, if you want to improve your relationships, the very first thing that you can do is give thanks. That is the habit that I have instilled in my life that has multiplied the quality of my life and the amount of money that I make and the amount of relationships that I have is giving thanks. Um, right when you are in a mindset of gratitude, when you're thinking about what you already have, what is already in your grasp, the technology that is here, you're not, you cannot be simultaneously afraid of the technology and grateful for it at the same time. Be grateful for the era that we live in. You have, the, you have access to this knowledge. You have access to me and Nathan. You have, access to, um, you have access to this technology and to the people that can help you. So giving thanks to that has opened my mind to all of the possibilities and opportunities that I've been asking for. Um, so right when I changed my mindset from fear and kind of lack to just gratitude and, you know, being thankful for what's, what we have and the opportunity that we have right now in this era, it's multiplied my life. So that's the very first thing that you can do is, you know, give thanks and open your mind up to that. Um, a question that I, that you did not ask that you should have is, no, I, I think I'd say, you know, what am I... <laughs> What am I most grateful for, I guess, would be a good follow-up question to that. 
And the thing that I'm most grateful for is, um, the thing that I'm most grateful for is the people that make this possible. It's been a lot of talk that artificial intelligence um, blocks human interaction and blocks human creativity. And I have had the direct opposite experience with it. It has connected me with millions of people around the world. It's made me understand how important human beings actually are to making these products accessible to us, making these experiences and technology accessible to us. So the thing I'm most grateful for is people and human beings that actually make all of this even worth it. Um, you know, we can get carried away on our phones and with new technology and stuff, but um, it, it can actually connect us more as human beings. And I'm incredibly thankful for you and for you watching um, and, you know, for the people who have helped me along this journey actually get here. So thank you. Amazing, man. Uh, true Mr. Grateful form. Now I know where that handle comes from. You got, you got a lot to be grateful for. So uh, thank you so much, brother. Really appreciate your time, sharing all of your experiences, all these crazy tools. Like I said, I can't wait to just go and start playing with some of this stuff. Uh, and uh, for those of you that would love to learn more from Dominic, make sure you check out the AI Accelerator program, which we'll talk about more. But uh, thank you so much, brother. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate you. And I will see you very soon. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed this interview. As you might already know, our mission at Founder is to help tens of millions of people every single week with our content, either start or grow their business, which is exactly why we're partnering with world-class founders such as Damon John, Alexa Von Tobel, Greta Van Riel, and so many more to teach crucial skills such as negotiation, finance, e-commerce, and so much more. So if you'd like to get access to these free exclusive trainings, please go to founder.com forward slash free. These are 100%. We go super in depth on teaching a particular topic, and I know that you're going to love them if you enjoy this podcast. So just go to founder.com forward slash free. All right, guys, I'll see you in the next episode.